Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. episode 232 for Slamfire Radio for November 17th, uh, 2017. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. And I'm Adriel Michaud. And Trevor bailed on us. Yep. He did. Something about disliking the listeners again, I think, is what I heard from him. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Hates listeners. He does. Actually, I think he's working. So. (laughs) What is this job stuff? Come on. Who does that these days? I don't know, you know, the last few weeks I was so busy, I I didn't come on because of my work. And Adriel, who gets promotions and, you know, has to deal with people, he's our (laughs) guy that is always on. I try. I try really hard. You are awesome. So we did want to say thank you from Trevor, Matthew, and myself. (laughs) Thank you for being the solid guy. The anchor, if you will, just dragging everything down. No, you're the one that's keeping us afloat. <laughs> one of them floating anchors. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So why don't we talk about what we did in guns? But before we go there, we're going to talk about uh, the Calgary Shooting Center. What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center. It is Canada's premier firearms retailer. And I was able to look and see what was going on with them. So this weekend, November 18th and 19th, they're going to have a dynamic pistol course. Uh, one and it, there's no prerequisite to actually do that. And then again, on November 25th and 26th, they have another course going on, and it's the Range Safety Trauma Course. Again, no prerequisite. December 16th and 17th, they have the Dynamic Pistol 2 course, uh, but they do. if you're going to take that, you have to have already taken the Dynamic Pistol 1 course. <laughs> so, yeah, I think they're in competition with the Farlacci course. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're competing for a different kind of customer though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, what we did in guns. Uh Trevor has on here putting lipstick on a pig begins. I don't know what that means. I since do. he's not here to explain it. <laughs> Maybe we'll leave it till next week. But yeah. So Adriel, what did you do? Did he say last week that he was buying a, a Norinko? I'll let him. Yeah. I'll let him spoil yeah. it. I'll let him spoil yeah, yeah. it. Well, surprise! He's surprise. buying a Norinko. <laughs> yeah, he bought a Norinko, and <laughs> um, oh. well, I'll, I'll get to my part then. I uh, like Bunny Years sold my gun to Trevor, so I transferred it to him. Uh, it's going out to see him, and uh, we're gonna kind of do over our, uh, our Norinkos at the same time. So he's gonna do some stuff to it. I don't know what he's gonna do. I'm just sending it over and. Uh, you know, in a few months or when the snow melts, maybe I'll get a gun back. Who knows? Is this the Norenko that has the Glock? <laughs> yeah. I took the I took the Glock glo- uh, grips off before I mailed it, but uh, okay. yeah, that's that's the one. And he's going to bring it to his gunsmith, and it's going. He's going to like spend like what five hundred bucks on it to make it something that's. I don't know. A if, lot. I don't know if it's five hundred bucks, but he's going to do some stuff. Some stuff. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what yeah. stuff that Denny comes up with. 
Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Maybe uh maybe put a dovetail in the slide and put some new sites, maybe some other stuff. Who knows? Who knows what we'll see. Trick or job. Yeah, and put some, you know, like, you know, lights and scopes and lasers <laughs> and uh horizontal foregrip of some kind yeah. and sharks. Yeah. Sharks, sharks with laser beams on their heads. Uh, yeah, so aside from that, what else do I do? Uh, ordering some 1911 parts online to send to him to put on said 1911. I bought a few. Um, I'll, I'll mention this later, but uh, Barton's had a, a terrific deal yeah. on hex mags. Uh, and we haven't seen these in the country yet, but there was a haul and Barton's are, are starting to bring them in. Uh, these are 10 round pistol magazines that are lengthened. Um, ATRS had a lengthened, so your, your standard factory 10 round mag, um, is a little bit short and for competition, they suck. You can't grab them out of a mag pouch. So what do you do? Well, you, uh, put a coupler on the bottom. Okay. Now, okay. You got a couple, you got a couple magazine. You have to flip it over to, uh, uh, to kind of, uh, change it over, which isn't a bad thing, but then you go and you drop it. And you drop it on the feed lips in the dirt or on the concrete, and you mess up your mags. So they're not fantastic for that kind of stuff. Um, and even like even coupled uh, with two tens, like uh, uh, coupled at the at base plates, uh, they're still a little bit short for some of the mag pouches out there. Uh, so Bartons and Zahal are bringing in. Uh, 1030 mags. So these are LAR pistol mags. They're limited to 10. I think this is because there's more of the states that have 10 round limited magazines that okay. were that we're starting to see these. But this is like a full length magazine, but it only holds 10. It's got like a shelf kind of thing, uh, kind of at the middle where your 10 rounds would be. And uh, otherwise, it, it looks and feels just like a 30 round magazine. So 10 rounds only uh, capacity as it's a pistol magazine. Um, right. as designed and, uh, kind of interesting. So Barton's had these things on for 20 bucks a pop. And if you bought five of them, you got the sixth for free. So of course I had to get them. Bye. Yeah. How many did you buy? Uh, well, I got six. That's okay. So more you than got enough. Five, for... You got one more. Yeah. Free. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's more than enough for competition. And, uh, uh, you know, just in case I need some extra mags for competition, uh, they're ready to rock and roll. Right. Right. Um, if, uh, like if, if someone gets charged under, uh, for having Beowulf mags successfully, I'll have these as backup. Right. Now I'm, you haven't had a chance to use them yet though, right? Uh, they just came in the mail today. Uh, they look, okay. they look fantastic. Like they're, uh, I haven't used the hex mags before. I've used P mags. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the P mags. Uh, I, I prefer an aluminum magazine for some things, but, uh, these look great and uh yeah yeah and the fact that they're nice and long means i got a lot to grip on there so if i pull them out of a mag pouch or something like that i got lots of lots of stuff to grab onto even the beowulf mags that i have are uh are a little bit shorter and don't uh you don't get enough meat like in terms of your hand grip on them as as you do with something like this so i'm excited that was cheap (laughs) very cheap uh backup uh let's see yeah. 
Uh, I finished up a whole whack of articles. I've been sitting on a bunch of articles and videos and I just haven't gotten around to editing them because of work and life getting in the way. <laughs> and while I was on uh, uh, Bunny Ears Again vacation, yeah. I, uh, a.k.a. hunting, I, uh, I finished a whole bunch of these articles up. So I got the Remington 597, the Ruger American Rimfire, the Ruger 1022 takedown, Mossberg Patriot. I updated some of my more popular articles, like the top 10 non-restricted rifles. Right. And, uh, yeah, just cleared those guys out, finished them off, wrote them out, and, and just cranked them out. And okay. uh, felt good to <laughs> get those get guys out because I've been, I've been sitting on some of those articles for months now, and I want them, I want them out so that people can see them and, and uh, uh, you know, get the information from them. So. Right. What are your thoughts on the Ruger American Rimfire? Uh, really? So I, th- I think Ruger really struck a good chord of, like, they, they hit the use case really well. It's yep. super pragmatic. So you've got that uh, that rear buttstock that's, like, super flexible. You pull it off. You throw on something that's better for irons or something that's better for scope or something that's short or long. Um, it doesn't, I don't think that buttstock looks fantastic. I think, like, the, the flexibility was a detriment to it. But I think the same thing about a lot of those flex, like the shotgun buttstocks, the thing to do these days is to have those spacers that uh, increase your length of pull. Those don't look fantastic either, um, but they but add they flexibility. Work. Yeah, you, you get more flexibility out of the gun. So I think what Ruger did really well with the American was saying, okay, we're going to make a, a bolt action 22. It's going to be accurate. It's going to be reliable. It's going to be super flexible. It's going to be inexpensive. And I think they took all of those things and put a really good gun out. Um, like in comparison, the other the other rifle that's kind of at the uh, more inexpensive range would be the Savage Mark II. And right. uh, uh, it's good, but it's not as flexible because it's a much older design, right? Right. right. I've been able to try out the Savage Mark II. We have one and also the Ruger American Rimfire. And I prefer the uh, Ruger American Rimfire. It's super accurate. And, yeah, if you just want to get into things like PRS with Rimfire, it's it's the gun to use. What about – did you have any problems with the, um, the magazine itself, uh, loading the magazine in and out? No. Hey, I mean, get, get, 22, get 22 mags are, are notorious for being terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's, it's like the norm rather than the exception. But we did uh, ha- Yeah, so um, actually that's the MDT chassis. We switched out to the Ruger American uh, the rimfire that we had with the MDT chassis. And the so when we did that, the um, magazines, we had problems with uh, them actually seating well uh, they were quite loose and, hmm. and uh, so it's not actually the american uh, rimfire itself it's the mdt chassis so mdt was awesome about it they they switched out the chassis but yeah so is the chassis wanted... is a chassis important for the magazine then yeah it is oh i see yeah that can, so that's that's yeah. a hard thing to manufacture for right hmm yeah interesting no, not with the not with this one. Um, okay. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. All right. Uh, let's see. Not gun related. I made a whole. <laughs> I 
I made so much jerky. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show before or not. I've got like a an old steel fridge back back when fridges were steel that's painted and not rusted out and whatever that I've put a whack of racks in. And you can do 30 pounds of jerky in this thing per batch. Uh, so it's... So you've made it into a smoker, basically? Yeah. Yeah. It's a That's oversized awesome. smoker. Um, it's not particularly uh, efficient <laughs> because it's steel. <laughs> but, yeah. But you can do so much jerky. So yeah, you do two batches and there goes 60 pounds of deer meat, like straight into jerky. And... Uh, yep. Everyone loves it. So I, I, I tried some uh, whole cut and I tried some yeah. ground and then extruded. The ground and extruded one would be similar to uh, – uh, it's it's a little bit more crumbly. Um, okay. It, quite a bit more consistent because, you, because you're extruding rather than cutting the meat. You get a right. nice uh, consistent uh, uh, depth nice. to it and that's yeah. a little bit easier to dry out uh, consistently through the, through the thing. Anyways, I'm, I'm talking so, about jerky right now, <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you use the what do you use that for then? Jerky? No, not the jerky. The the extruded. Oh, same the, thing. The so crumble. I, yeah. So I grind I grind up a whole bunch of deer, um, yeah. mix it just like you would do jerky, and then I've got basically think like a silicone gun except put meat in it. And, right. and now you've now you've got this extruder. You extrude that straight onto the grates, and you get uh, jerky out of it. Okay. Yeah. So it's already chewed jerky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the grinder is pre-chewed your jerky. Yeah, it's a, it's a you can get it commercially. Like some of the some of the jerky that you'll see is extruded jerky. Um but uh yeah, it's a little bit easier to chew, I guess. It's not like as so you know, sometimes especially when guys don't take the silver skin off of uh meat and they just go yeah. jerk up like a uh especially like a, a real sinewy piece of meat, you'll be ch- like chewing on that thing and trying to get really? meat off of it and you'll get all that. Anyways, my jerk so that yeah, that jerky's not like that. Yeah, uh, bit jerky. Yeah, and that is I think that's it. I gotta sell that is Mossberg it? Patriot. Yeah. I gotta sell it and figure out uh, what else I'm going to get. You know what I'm going to get. Uh, yeah, what? I'm going to well, we'll talk about the Maccabee later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of buying guns. So, you know, last week on the air while we were recording, I bought the Benelli Nova shotgun from Jason Felk, right? Mhm. Well, he's an amazing man, you know that, because I sent him the EMT and I was waiting. He said, oh, I'll send it to you Monday. And I said, okay, no problem. Thank you very much. And he, so he sends me an email saying, you know what? And I, to- and I told him, okay, I bought it for 400 bucks, which is a great deal. And I said, I'll throw in 30 bucks shipping. So he sent it to me on Monday. I'm still waiting for it. But he said uh, the shipping was astronomical. It was another... It was another 40 bucks. It was 70 bucks to send it to me. I said, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll send you an EMT and I'll cover it. And he says, well, speaking of EMTs, um, yeah, so EMT, I haven't seen any EMT emails. And I'm just going, that's really weird because I, I sent him an EMT and, and uh, yeah, and he hasn't accepted it and, and all that. And I said, well, what email are you using? And so he sent he told me the email and I misspelled it. So I sent it to somebody else or actually I didn't send it to anybody else. The It never went. So he sent me the rifle without me actually paying for it. So he goes, can I trust you? And I said, absolutely. I said, okay. So 
I said, what's the email address? I confirmed with him while he was still chatting with me. I sent it to him and I said, please confirm that you got it. So he did. Uh, so I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you to him. And you know what? I wasn't trying to rip you off, really, but it was great that he was able to send it to me and, and trust me and everything. I felt so horrible. Have you ever done that? Have you ever sent an EMT and the, you thought you had, it had gone through and it didn't? Not yet. But like that's that's a matter of time, right? <laughs> Eventually, yeah. you're going to make a typo. Have I emailed the wrong person an extremely sensitive email? Absolutely. <laughs> so will I will I mess up an EMT? Yes. Just it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was so I was so horrified. I went, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I thought it like I'm going, all right, you know. It, I did it while, you know, everybody was chatting and we were recording the show. And I thought, awesome. You know, that was easy. I sent the EMT off. He's just gonna accept it and he never did. And and he's texting me a couple of <laughs> days later so are you gonna pay me for it <laughs> i have and he goes haven't seen it and i'm going oh my god so i had to check <laughs> he was quite good about it yeah anyways it's on its way he said it should be here by friday so which is super exciting because i want to go out and shoot it uh last week i haven't gone to, i didn't go to the range uh the only day that i was able to go to the range and it was freaking snowing and i don't know i'm not really i'm not into going right now in the snow i just don't want to go but uh, yeah anyways um speak for yourself <laughs> i'll be out sorry I, i'll be out at the range this weekend i guess i want to see if these uh these mags work ah oh, man they're they these mags don't do not leave a lot of no uh, a lot of room for the nose of the bullet they're pretty tight i don't no, know about running like tight. a 70 grainer or something like that in there hmm. might, might not work not with a longer bullet that needs a longer OAL. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm going to hit up the range. What's the weather going to be like this weekend? Probably like minus 20. Yeah, you guys have had snow and cold weather oh. that you were like forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's we, but like... We, yeah, we have it. Oh, what is this? Saturday is going to be zero. Sunday is going to be two. And then Monday is going to be minus 15. Yeah, I got to go to the... week. I, I, gotta, I have to go to the range this weekend Saturday. now. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> when it's two. Yeah. All right. So the other big thing that has happened this week is the CCFR calendar came out. It was released on Tuesday, and I just want to let everybody know that it's 1995, and that is, um, yeah, actually it's 1995, and it's $10 shipping. Uh, if you go online to the CCFR store, I provided the link at the bottom of our show notes, by the way, so you can click on that, and it'll take you right to it. Uh, all the money goes. All the money raised goes to the women's division of the CCFR, and it will fund women's events like uh, the one that we did in Napanee last year, as well as the Ottawa event that uh, both Tracy and Kelly Kincaid and I attended. And it also funds the training programs, uh, so it'll bring new shooters into uh, fire into the shooting sport, and it also uh, fund female shooters like we did with Mary Patrick, who was an Olympic hopeful as well. So if you're interested in calendar, and you should be interested in the calendar because the ladies are amazing in it uh, yolanda is the face of uh, the ccfr calendar again this year so trevor is going to be happy so hopefully he'll buy like 10 copies <laughs> and uh <laughs> so not only is she on the cover in all her three gun gear adriel she is also on january 2017's 
because it's a 13-month calendar. She is the gunny girl for January 2017. So, what? January 20, no, January 2018. January 2017 is like long gone. Oh, sorry. Not January, December. Oh, there we go. December, December 2017. 2017. Because it's a 13-month calendar, right? Yeah, yeah. So Now we're playing with math. Right. Double dose of Yolanda. So, as I said, Trevor's going to have to buy like 10, 10 calendars. And we can even arrange to have her like, you know, sign it for him. Can we arrange for my cat to spill water on it? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have a meltdown if that happens again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, so 1995, there is some shipping in it. So if you go onto the store, buy a sticker or something and add it to it. Because it's the same flat rate whether you buy the calendar and mm. throw something in it as well. Or so do that. get together with your buddies and buy a bunch together. That is correct. Mm-hmm. All right. So the other thing that I've been doing is I've been talking to people. They've been messaging me saying that uh, these are people that have taken a maple seed uh, course. And mm-hmm. they've been saying that it's improved. Like right now, it, it's the first week and a half of uh, hunting for deer in um, Ontario with a rifle. Mm-hmm. And they've been saying it's been amazing that uh, they're offhand shooting basically one shot and right straight, straight through the heart. Mm-hmm. is It's basically, they said that. You know, compared to last year, uh, their uh, shooting has improved significantly. So that kind of feedback actually is pretty cool. Yeah, that is very it, cool. Yeah. It, you know, and when you have not one person saying it, but like I've had three or four people that have emailed me or uh, messaged me just saying that, you know, they're, they're taking the courses made an impact on their actually ability to hunt. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I just thought, yeah. I shot my deer through the heart. Yeah, you have as well. So that was awesome. <laughs> it was it was at twenty five. It was at twenty five yards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Had nothing to do with my shot. I had a, had a six to twenty four scope on a laser beam rifle at twenty five yards <laughs> on a deer broadside. If you had missed, then we would have had it. <laughs> oh, that would have been. Have, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's all I did with guns. What about upcoming events? Let's talk about three gun. Do you want to talk about all these three gun that you've listed? Yeah, yeah. There's a, so there's um, there's a lot of people who are in their clubs starting to set out dates for the next year. So I'm going to start adding these to threegun.ca. Um, if you like, you the, the listener are in charge of setting out your three gun dates. Um, please listen to the podcast or check out the website and please, please, please make your dates for your club. Uh, different than clubs in the area so that we can attend more of them because no, it wouldn't be it would be super cool if uh, for example if I was in Edmonton and I could go to the Edmonton one and the Cold Lake one and the Mighty Peace one and the Calgary one and they're all on different days of the weekend that would be sweet right at the very least try, <laughs> try to avoid the uh, the big ones so I've got Prairie Fire um, already ready in there the Prairie Fire multi, uh, 2018 Multigun Classic will be July 13th to 15th in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which I think conflicts with the Ferlachi course. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, if you want yeah, more information on that one, search for Prairie Fire Multigun Classic on Facebook. Uh, the next one you is the... What's that, sorry? I was just, just going to say, you don't really have to attend the Ferlachi course, do you? Just Come on. leave them in the middle of nowhere in Alberta and be like, yeah, let's <laughs> find some guys who want to shoot some guns, I guess. And, <laughs> uh, the next one is the BC Redneck Three Gun Championship. That'll be at the Prince George Rod and Gun Club in BC. 
that's a different location. So I think last year it was at Lone Butte. So this is at a different uh, range. Search for BC Redneck 3-Gun on Facebook for more information. Or just go to 3gun.ca where I've got them all listed out. Right. Um, I'm going to my uh, annual general meeting for our 3-Gun League tonight. So we'll have all our matches on there. And I think I saw someone else on the Canada 3-Gunners Facebook group put up their dates as well. So I'm going to start adding sure. those in. I mean, <laughs> it seems silly, but yeah, I mean, some of these... Some of these events you want to plan like well in advance so that people have time to mm. plan out their summer vacation and that kind of thing, right? It just so happens that they're in a place where they can shoot three gun. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now this you're doing this all just because of the fact that you want to shoot birth three gun, right? I just want to shoot lots of three gun, and I kind of like the I like the support. So I want more people yeah. to shoot it, and then more people shooting it equals more products supported and more yeah. all of the good stuff, right? Uh, more competition means I get better at it and, you know, all that good yep. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So if you, as listeners, have any events that are going to be coming up, just let us know. and We'll actually be able to let other people know about it. Yeah. We're getting kind of late on the events, but winter's coming, so we know that. Winter is coming. Of... Winter in Canada. Oof. I don't really like snow. Oh, you picked the wrong country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the right area. Yeah. Not a lot of snow in my area. Well, yeah, it could be in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I was trying to convince my kids the other day that it was fall, and they're like, no, it's winter. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We don't have fall. <laughs> yeah. I, no, been there, done that, got the yeah. Alberta card. Mm-hmm. I'm in Ontario now, so we're good. Why don't we go on to news? What's new in news? You posted this, and the funny thing is I was going to post this as well. So who do Why don't you take, take it? Story? Take it. You got it. Okay, so the story is about the amnesty. I'll, uh, I'll read it to you. It is, the Liberals introduced grace period for expired licenses. The, <clears throat> the Liberal government extended the long, uh, long-running amnesty for expired PAL holders early this year for one more term, ending December 31st, 2017. Learn more about the amnesty and its historical extensions at the amnesty ending. We'll put that link in the show notes as well. The, am- the amnesty extensions uh, is completed at the end of the uh, calendar year of 2017, uh, before which gun owners must be in compliance with the licensing uh, requirements. What's new is the government implementing a six-month grace period. So this is brand new. Previously with C-42, what it, what it meant was that they kept extending this. Um, now that the Liberals are in um, government, they've decided to actually implement this. So, as I said, it, what's new is a six-month grace period uh, to be implemented following the ending of the amnesty. Uh, this measure was originally to be part of C-42, uh, as I said. It's, it wasn't implemented by the Tories as the amnesty took its place. Uh, gun owners in a state of expiry will not be able to make purchases, but mere possession of firearms and ammo will not be a criminal offense. The grace period will not apply to existing expiries prior to November 30th. So that means if you're, uh, you were expired prior to November 30th, 
this you can't have that six month. You have to actually renew that. Uh, there is an amnesty in place now until December 31st, 2017. You must be licensed by then or face criminal charges. Going forward, any new expiries will have a six month grace period uh, to be compliant. So if you expire after December 31st, 2017, you will have that six month. Prior to that, you're not in you're not going to be in compliance. Mm-hmm. If your expiry date is more than six months old, as of January 1st, 2018, you are not protected under these provisions. So that means you are going to be somebody who's in a heap of trouble if you have not renewed. So what does that mean? It means go and get your, your pal. Renew your, <laughs> renew your pal. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the liberals have followed through on something that was supposed to come through on C-42. The Tories, when they were in power, and actually even the Liberals after they came into power, kept bumping it. But they've now decided that they're going to implement it, and now you have the six-month grace period. As of the end of this year, 2017, yeah, you need to actually renew. And if not, you have that six-month grace period, and then after that six-month grace period, you are not compliant, and it is going to cause you issues. Well, it's it's kind of nice that they put this in. Uh, one of the reasons I could see is, okay, you apply and you say, oh, one month should be enough, and you put your renewal in, and it doesn't mm-hmm. happen in, until two or three months after you've expired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of nice. So yeah. a lot of people actually don't know when they expired, and then they all of a sudden they're going to buy a box of ammo, and they're presenting their card and they're saying, ah, yeah, you know you're expired, and then, then it's like, oh, crap. So yeah. they're trying to renew it, right? And it'll give you a little bit of uh, grace period. But those people that have expired a long time ago, you you really need to get in and get uh, get your license renewed. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that just means that there's a little bit more regulation. Yep. All right. Why don't we talk about new gun stuff? Yeah. Uh, so the first one, I alluded to it a little bit. Maccabee? Does that sound about yep. right? Maccabee. Yep. Maccabee. Maccabee out of Calgary is uh, just got their FRT, their Firearms Reference Table uh, number for their new rifle platform. It's non-restricted. It's an upper and lower that use, uh, I think it was a T-rail design. Different than an AR. Anyways, the upper and lower are different, but the rest of the parts are AR compliant. Which is super interesting because there's a ton of people in Canada here who have these fantastically accurate um, AR-15s that they might want to use for coyote hunting or whatever, but the AR is restricted by name. That can now take their parts, slap them into one of these guys, and have a non-restricted coyote gun. Um, So very interesting. And now that it's non-restricted, I can see that we're going to need some parts to uh, to make guns out of this. I I yep. really want to make a coyote rifle, a coyote AR rifle. Uh, when hunting coyotes, sometimes you get the opportunity to shoot at two of them at the same time. You need something that's accurate. Uh, I'm shooting on a field typically, which means I can make shots out to three, four, 500 yards. And to do that, I need something that's MOA accurate or less, ideally. Um, Typically, that's a bolt-action rifle, uh, even though a semi would be better because you get that follow-up shot. Right. This kind of thing gets me into it. This is a platform that I could start using. Um, they do have the cost in. The cost of an upper and lower is 1000 bucks. Right. 
which is pretty yeah. up there. You can get a BCL-102, which is like a complete 308 rifle for 1700 That's got the BCG, the bolt, the barrel, the, all, all, of, all that jazz. Uh, so right. this is this is quite a, quite expensive, but it uses all your other parts. So lots of people out there own ARs that you know are long barrel, otherwise it'd be non restricted. So uh, this is super tempting for all those people, even at that uh, even at that price. I mean, a, right. a typical AR upper and lower will be right around two hundred dollars stripped. Um, right. uh, but those are all restricted, right? And that, that platform has been around forever, and everyone knows how to manufacture them, and they all manufacture great volumes of them. So it's not a it's not a super fair comparison. So what can we actually say this? Can we announce that we might be having Maccabees on? We might be having these guys on our show to talk to them. <laughs> Maybe to Maybe talk tune to, in. <laughs> yeah. So next week we'll be having Maccabees on to talk about this. But this is what everybody is talking about this week. Mm. They're Maccabees, Maccabees, the new because people want non restricted ARs, right? Basically. Oh, it's such a good platform. The accuracy is there. It's like one MOA. You, you can build an AR platform one MOA. No problem. You just need a decent barrel on it and uh, you're rocking. So it's 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 one of those things that's difficult to get in a lot of the other semi-auto um, rifles here in Canada because most of the other semi-auto ones that we have are military guns. Mm-hmm. Like the Tavor yep. is, a, is a military gun. The T97 is a military gun. They're not they're not match rifles. And they're not, uh, you know, they're, the accuracy doesn't <laughs> is, is, isn't there as well. Um, so it's very interesting to get something that's match accurate um, that's like an AR. Yep. Speaking of barrels, why don't we move on to the next one? Yeah, this next one, uh, Simon from, oh, it's gone. S&J. S&J, holy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woo. Thank you for saving me on there. <laughs> Simon from S&J. He's making some dimple barrels. These are really cool looking. They look, they look really cool, yeah. They're super at them weird. It's, it's like a weird kind of fluting. It's uh, It's got all yeah. these dimples all over it. Uh, he's making some di- uh, a run of those things uh, in 14 and a half inch lengths. Uh, they look really cool. Um, check them out on CGN if you want to take a look at those. And they're offering them for pre-order at uh, four hundred bucks, three ninety-nine ninety-nine. So basically, four hundred bucks for a barrel. Yeah, that's about what like a, a premium match barrel goes for here in Canada. Yeah. I think he mentioned that they were hand lapped or something like that. So they're probably yeah. pretty decent barrels. And uh, like again, if you if you want accuracy in an AR, you need like that decent barrel is a big part of it, right? Uh, speaking of barrels, uh, and they look really cool. Yeah, they they <laughs> do ahead. look really cool. Uh, speaking of barrels, SFRC is looking at making a run of 18.6 inch AR barrels. Hmm, interesting length uh, determination there, huh? Most of our ARs are are restricted, but we're 18.6. What would be this the the reason for 18.6 inches? Hmm. I have no idea. Huh. It's almost like if only there was a way to make a non-restricted AR, 18.6 would be the minimum length you could do on an AR for it to be non-restricted. Weird. So, if you have a, ma- a next week, tune in for Maccabees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. Ryan's not. Ryan's a smart guy, so. Oh, this is so into- fast, so fast. Yeah. They're on it like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, an eighteen point six AR barrel. Mm-hmm. Turn into that. Yeah. So, why don't we talk about the hex mags from? Yeah. Her- 
So uh, these hex mags and Zahal's bringing these in as well. So Barton's is oh, bringing okay. in the polymer hex mags. Zahal is bringing in the uh, their metal uh, magazines. I can't remember the manufacturer on them. Um, but they're both 1030. Zahal is also bringing in 1020 magazines. So these are pistol magazines that are a little bit longer. They, uh, they're they uh, better for co- uh, competition uh, than a 1010 magazine like you. But if, if you were to go like plinking or something like that, a 1010 would be fine. Uh, these are AR platform magazines, but there's a ton of other rifles that use that same Stanag magazine. Uh, your Tavors, your Type 97s, all those are using the Stanag style magazines. So uh, very interesting. And uh, again, if you're going to go like plinking or something like that, maybe those 1010s will be better. But for competition, uh, running out of a mag pouch, the 1030s are better. And now they're starting to come into the country. Um, Alberta Tactical Rifle Supply was making some longer ones. They're AT-15s. And then there's also... GS Designs, I think, was making uh, some 3D printed extensions that you could like uh, use instead of the base plate on a 1010 LAR mag, and th- that would extend it a little bit, so you could have something to grab onto to pull out of a mag pouch. But these are even cheaper than the extension, and they're the whole mag, so pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And Barton's See, deal was incredible. Like 20, yeah, buy, 20 bucks a pop. piece and buy oh. one, buy five and get one free. Oh, so good. Like, I can't believe like a for a new product like this into the market, for them to bring it out at that kind of price, that's crazy. That's crazy good price. Barton's, I love you guys. Maybe we can get them on board as a sponsor. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the next one? I tried to open it and. Are they sold out? Doesn't want to open. Uh, so Canada Ammo, um, uh, I think I mentioned a, a couple. Oh, it looks like Canada Ammo's website's down. Um, yep. I, th- I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that they had non-corrosive 762 by 39, and it sold out. And it's back in stock. So they now oh, have. Yep, they have 762 by 39 non-corrosive back in stock. This is uh, copper-washed stuff. So if you're looking for non-corrosive ammo for your SKS or your VZ58 or whatever the case might be. Um, Back in stock at Canada Ammo, and it's cheap. Do you know how much? Because it's not coming up. I can't remember. <laughs> I should have put the price on here, but I relied on the link. And it's not working. Yeah. All right. What about Tenda? Tenda Bernal. Yeah. Yeah, they're clearing That's out a their good price. Yeah, yeah. So this is steel case stuff, right? Different than yep. your regular stuff. Your brass case uh, two two three these days is right around four fifty, four sixty per thousand. Uh, this barn all stuff is three seventy nine per thousand, which is cheap. Yeah, and they're saying that there's only a few cases available due to the shortage right now. So they're expecting a new barn all shipment in two thousand and eighteen. I don't know about that because I know that the supplier there's issues with the supplier. So, anyways, yeah, well, it's probably options. coming through. Like this is Russian stuff, right? So maybe there's some embargo stuff going on, but. Uh, yeah, you can get sixty-two grain Barnall for three seventy-nine per thousand. That's pretty good. Yep. Okay. Uh, the next one here is the Sig P two ten target. Uh, they've uh, MD Charlton announced that they're they've got them in. They're in stock at many dealers right now. Firearms Outlet has one of these. This is a a, a target pistol by Sig. Um, it's, uh, in nine millimeter, five inch barrel, got these fancy target wood grips on them. 
uh, a target trigger. They're right around the $2,000 mark. So if you're looking mm. for a target pistol in 9mm, I would feel really bad dragging this thing around in the mud uh, shooting three gun. <laughs> so it's not it's not the right thing for my sport, but uh, uh, maybe for a bullseye style shooting, it would be better. And uh, Black Friday Black. sales are starting to come up. Uh, CTC Supplies has their Black Friday sale that's starting on the 20th. Okay. Um, but they're like next week, we're going to be swamped with them. So I think next week we should look through all the Black Friday sales and really let the listeners know about like what are the good ones out there, right? Right. So the one that you're talking about, CTC, it's just telling us that it's Monday. Starts yeah. on Monday. Coming and quick. It doesn't, it doesn't give you any details. So. Nope. Anybody who's listening and who's going to be posting stuff, give us some details. <laughs> right? Well, maybe they want you to, like, keep checking back. It's like a marketing thing, right? Mm, We're going to have a great sale, but you got to keep checking our website. Keep checking our website. Keep checking our website. <laughs> Just tell me what it is. <laughs> oh, there's no, uh, there's no reveal then. <laughs> there's no, what is it? Anticipation. No. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that's it for for new guns and new things. What we're going to be doing now is we're going to go to... Why don't we go to the main topic? Yeah, let's do that. So for tonight's main topic, we're going to be talking to Ryan McLean uh, about precision rifle shooting, so or PRS. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Uh, how did you get involved with PRS? How long have you been doing it? Um, and also... Uh, what types of things that uh, 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 you've been doing to prepare for uh, precision rifle. Uh, yeah. Why don't you just give us a little bit of background about yourself? Okay. Uh, I've been shooting well, for about seven or eight years now. I've been shooting competitively for uh, five. Um, in those five years, I've mostly shot uh, the uh, ORA PR matches, precision rifle matches. Right. Um, and they, that's a, the um, NSCC style match. Um, and then about two, three years ago, I went to my first PRS-style steel match over in um, Michigan. Right. And I caught the bug over there, and I've been shooting more matches each year. I shot a couple last year. shot four this year, I think it was. Um, yeah, three or four uh, this year, and hopefully do about the same next year uh, down in the States. And then I also uh, run the only Canadian PRS match in Meaford with uh, Chris DeRochers and a couple other people as well. Ryan, okay. you mentioned uh, NSCC and PRS. Can you tell us a little bit about like how those are different? Like, so you started with NSCC, you got into PRS. What's the difference between the two, and what's the different style of them? I guess. So, an uh, NSCC style match is shot on a military um, gallery style range, um, and you shoot at one distance um, for each match or each uh, relay in that match. Um, it's shot from two hundred. Uh, meters or yards out to uh, 800 yards or meters and um, it's a set course of fire so um, and inside that course of fire it could be anything from a, a three second exposure for a target um, to 10 exposures over 10 minutes at random um, there's mover targets at 400 yards um, so it's a set course of fire essentially and it's um, always the same uh, I also do run the uh, ORA um, uh, precision rifle uh, here in Ontario at the Borden at base Borden and uh, in that one we I change it up a bit myself <laughs> I, I got tired of the um, standard course of fire and we shortened up the times or 
make less exposures or make you do a little bit of running or something like that as well. Mm. Uh, for the for PRS style matches, they are unknown courses of fire. Uh, when you get to the range uh, the day before, they give you a booklet, and it gives you uh, each of the courses of each of the match matches you're going to be shooting that day, um, and it can be in it's at random distances and it can be from prone or it can be from a um, barricade or it can be from a car top or inside of a vehicle or whatever they decide to put you on or oh, that's cool okay so it's a lot more uh variation in it dynamic yeah 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 i i i, I refer to, to prs as the ipsic with rifles perfect so normally with pr uh PR, so precision rifle, you would shoot in a prone position, right? So the PRS, they give gives you the opportunity to shoot in different positions. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, the yeah PR is all prone, and PRS is um, anything. Right. So there are different series, different divisions as well. There's bolt bolt series, there's gas series as well. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So in yeah, PRS. Yeah, and the PRS is the bolt gun series, and there's gas gun series. Gas gun's new for this year. Uh, and within the bolt gun series, there is the tactical division, open division, and production division. Okay. So, so and I don't know a whole lot about the gas gas side of it. So. You do mostly the bolt series. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't do any gas gun stuff. So the one that you, so Ryan is somebody who has sent us. Um, uh, you know, updates on courses or not courses, sorry, matches that he's run. The Meaford long series, the steel long series, long range uh, precision match was something that we, we talked about on our show. Um, but it is something you shoot it with your, it's part of the bolt gun series, is it? Or yeah, it's part of the bolt gun series. Yep. Right. So it's one of the only international. So you're, that's one, that's the only international match. Um, for Canada, is it not for the uh, the USPRS? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. we're the only uh, international two day match that they have, so, and the okay. only match in, in Canada right now. Okay. So, uh, what are the basic? What's the differences? What's the rules? Um, so the distances you've already talked about. What? But what are some of the unique rules? Well, and and some of the. Um... Like you mentioned divisions there. What's the, I, I know the three gun version of that. I know the IPSC. I, I didn't even know that that was a thing in precision rifle. Uh, the, in the gas division, you mean, or like the, um, uh, tactical and the production division are you talking well, about? Well, yeah. Let us know about what those divisions okay. are and, yep. and like what kind of a, like what, what are the rules around that stuff? So yep. for, for example, the, um, the tactical division is two, two, three and three Oh eight. Uh, you're only allowed up to, I believe it's a 70, uh, 77 or 82 grain bullet for the 223 and a 168, I believe, for the um, 308. And uh, it can only be going up to, I believe, around 2,800 for the 308 and 29 or 3,000 for the 223. Okay. Um, as for the the production division, that is based on the actual cost of the rifle and cost of the um optics uh, i believe that the price tag now is set at 2000 for the rifle and a thousand or 1500 for the optics uh, they just changed it this year again uh, and they have a whole list in their um the rule book of what qualifies under that and if it's not in there you can call them or send them an email and ask them if it will qualify for production uh, as for the open division it's like any other open division anything runs 
Um, and you're, the, only, the only limitation you have on that is your speed limit of 3,200 feet per second. Okay. So, so what type of um, so what type of equipment would you suggest with respect to rifle scopes? Uh, so I guess I'll just if go. you're if you're if you're going to be using yeah. a bolt if you're going to be shooting bolt series, what would you suggest? For a rifle for the for the bolt series, um, you can shoot it with anything from a seven hundred or a Savage, and uh, move up from there for your price tags. Um, your your what you're willing to spend. Um, the as for the biggest thing I have to look at is probably the calibers you're looking at. Uh, most guys are running a six millimeter or a six five millimeter if they're okay. running open vision. Um, being the main being thing being um, the ballistics of those two bullets and also the recoil. Uh, recoil management is a huge part of this um, competition. You have to be able to spot your your hits and or in spot your misses. More importantly, so you can mm-hmm. adjust for those to try and get your hits. Uh, as for optics, uh, you need a first focal plane scope, in my opinion. You can get through, you know, if you want to try it. I, I wouldn't go buy a first focal plane if you've never tried this type of match and you just want to give it a shot. You can get through a match with a second focal plane scope. Uh, I run a Razor, uh, Vortex Razor Gen 2. Um, and my the power I run on mine is about four is a 4.5 to 27. Um, for the most part, I probably run it around 15 to 18 power so. Power is not a huge factor in the scopes. Um, good triggers are important because you're you're in compromising positions and you need to be able to break that trigger smoothly and quickly, um, and not pull the shot. Um, as for stocks or chassis, that's really up to the person. I I personally run an MDT uh, ESS chassis, and I I like it quite a bit. I've been running chassis for the last four years, and I I just love the ergonomics of them. They fit me very well. Other people don't like chassis, and they prefer to go with a, a Manners or McMillan-style stock. Uh, uh, the barrel-wise, you want to run a semi-heavy, semi-heavy barrel, I would say, from, yeah, from anything from medium palma to a heavy palma. Some people are going back, back to a heavier barrel as well for that. Um, it, I can, you can shoot any gun as long as it's balanced, uh, how, heavy, how heavy it is. You have a heavy... 18 pound gun and it's balanced properly you can still shoot it well off of anything are you um, mostly shooting off barricades and rests and and that kind of thing or are there any offhand shots <laughs> <laughs> uh it really depends on the match okay um, you can go anything from uh, like our match is pretty heavily um actually it's very heavily uh barricade work mm-hmm. uh just because that's what we have to work with where we are um the the topography doesn't allow us to have interesting semi-prone or um, compromised prone positions. Um, it just works out well for our, our match that way. Other matches, if you have like a field-style match, refer to them, you're going to have a lot of prone stuff off the top of hills, that type of okay. stuff. Um, and, or you'll have what we, really, like I said, refer to as a compromised prone or a semi-prone um, where you're kind of leaning over top of a bench type of thing to... Yeah, we've had stages, offhand stages. You have to shoot a, you know, sixty-six percent ipsic at three hundred fifty yards offhand. So it's a, uh, like I said, anything goes. They they can make you do anything they want. Awesome. Um, I yeah. if if I was designing a match, I'd throw one of those in there, <laughs> <laughs> just to punish those guys who are running like yeah. tanks of a rifle. Yeah, they do that definitely. Uh, like I said, though, a well balanced gun. If you have a well balanced gun, you should be able to shoot it offhand. Right. So, or go do a maple seed, and we'll show you how to shoot it off. 
There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that what about um, rests or bags? We see some precision rifle shooters that have rests or bags that are hanging off their elbows. They're yeah, some real weird stuff. So tell us about that. Um. Yeah. It's, bags are great aid for sure. Um. I run a what they refer to as game changer bag. Uh. It kind of looks like two triangles uh sewn together. Uh, and that's meant for doing a lot of barricade work. Uh, you throw it on top, on top of a barricade, and it basically makes a small table for your okay. rifle to sit on. Um, that's the main bag I run. I use that for my rear bag. I use that for a barricade bag. I use it for pretty well everything. Um, the other bags you'll see being used heavily are the um, the pillow bags. Or, uh, they're referred to as like a pump pillow, or uh, Armageddon has a, I think they're called a medium bag and a big bag they refer to them as. Um, they're just for building positions and filling voids essentially um to help you get more support um you'll see the top a lot of the top shooters aren't even really using any bags anymore okay. they've just um they figured out how to build those positions so well and so quickly that they don't even need to worry about bags but definitely as new shooters it helps uh it, it, but you will finally get to a point where it does start to hinder you okay. so, for speed in particular so um and you know, rear bags, any kind of rear bag goes, really, it, whatever you want to use. I just don't like carrying lots of extra weight in my backpack. Okay. So uh, when we go back to rules, there is there specific rules that allow or not allow, or are you just allowed to use any types of, of, of bags or rests? Uh, that's really up to the match director. Um, okay. Anything goes, really. Uh, now you can, you, I've been at matches where they do have stages where they do restrict how many bags you can use. Um, they might say you can only use one bag or, you, can, you know, you have to use their tripod or that type of stuff. So, um, okay, really depends. So that's the other question I had for you. Tripods, bipods, what would you recommend? Are they allowed? Uh, I've seen, uh, I've, I've seen people use the bipods. Yeah. Basically, but it's based on the match itself, is it? Yeah. Bipods and yeah, you have to have a bipod. Um, the I run a Harris bipod. It's pretty heavily modified. I can I can attach like Atlas leg uh, another bipod company Atlas. Um, they make leg extensions. I can attach those onto the bottom of my Harris now. And I run a spike foot on my Harris, and it also has a quick detach system that goes onto a Picatinny rail. Okay. Um, you wouldn't recognize it as a Harris basically now. <laughs> uh, the the other options you have is like an Atlas bipod. Um, there's a few other companies that are coming out with bipods as well. The new Kdex bipod's pretty slick looking. Um, we got to handle one at our match there back in September. And um, as for uh, tripods, uh, it can if you practice with them, they can be a big help. Uh, now, some match directors will uh, build their stages around screwing you up so you can't really use them. Certain okay. stages are great for them. Um, as for the uh, hog saddles are big uh, is what you most people use on top of them to clamp your rifle in the other option now is a lot of uh, chassis companies or stock companies are coming out with options to directly mount them to a um, referred to as an Arca Swiss mount which is a camera style mount uh, to the top of your bi to the top of your tripod hmm. and it, it works really slick so okay yep perfect now, when you're doing these matches, so let's do, say you're doing a PRS match, it's something you're paired with another person. It's a team. It's teamed shooting, is it not? Uh, so for the um, NSEC, it is a team. Yes. Shoot. Okay. 
um, you have your spotter and you have your shooter, and, okay. and you, you switch back and forth for each each time. Uh, as for the PRS, it is an individual match. Um, it's uh, highly promoted and encouraged that you share with the other shooters in your squad. Okay. Um, you know, wind calls or you know technical stuff that you should have done differently. Um, but as for team like team events, there are some team style precision rifle events that that, that do run. Um, actually, most of them are out west. Unfortunately, I'd really like to shoot one. Right. Uh, but it's it's a field style match where you go into a stage. And it's uh, you do not know what's going to happen at the stage. You have no briefing beforehand. Uh, you have no booklet you get beforehand. You walk up to the stage. They say, "Okay, there's targets between between that tree over there on your left and that tree over there on your right." Um, and there's five targets in there, and you have to engage, arrange them, and engage them in uh, between you and your partner. So um, that that's the main team style matches that there is available. Okay. So you do have to actually have a spotting scope. What other equipment do you think that uh, would be beneficial for somebody to have for this? Um, as for, oh, let's get, kind of split this up. NSCCs, it's really nice to have a spotting yeah. scope. It's not necessity. Uh, mm-hmm. You can you can get around it by using your rifle scope, um, but you do much better with a spotting scope. Um, other equipment that's nice to have is a Kestrel or a wind meter of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kestrel, this is just one of the manufacturers wind meters uh ballistic calculator uh you can either do that with a in your kestrel if you want to go that route or you just get one on your phone um range finders are handy to have uh not uh, obviously not for ncc so you know what range you're at uh and i like to have a set of binoculars when i'm shooting prs down matches or a monocular to look at stuff um the for shooting prs stuff i i really recommend a kestrel uh, with ballistic um, applied ballistics in it, it makes your life a lot easier. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a the big things for that. Okay. So when we you were you were doing the steel challenge, and yep. and uh, so uh, one of the things is in Ontario. So can you tell us a little bit about that match itself because it's a little uh, different because you are you were actually on the Meaford Range which is in artillery range, is it not? Yes, it is, yeah. So it's a little different. So if there's different rules applied to it because of the fact that it is uh, steel in Ontario, you have to shroud, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So can you get, give us a little bit of information about the, the, the match itself, how it's a little different than maybe if you were going to a regular range in Ontario? Yeah, so the way we get around the whole CFO thing is we do it on a military base. Okay. Uh, and it's the military base has doesn't have any CFO doesn't have any ruling on the military base on what they do there. So we allow, we're allowed to shoot steel. Um, now uh, we did have to give them or show them what we we're going to be using for steel and show them how we we're going to hang it and show them what we we're going to be shooting off of to get their approval for that. It was quite a bit of a process, but it was it's done now and we we have access. Um, we also had to create our whole our own uh, the PSOC the uh, Practical Shooters of Canada, to uh, be able to obtain that base um, to run our match on that as well. Uh, that's the biggest advantage to shooting on a military base. Um, for the match itself, uh, it was a two-day match uh, mm-hmm. with, a one, with a one-day practice. Um, and in that two-day match, we shot 16 stages, eight stages, eight stages a day. And we had a, um, we had 
just uh, 101 shooters, I believe we started with, and I think we ended with uh, 98 or 99, and uh, we ended up having a oh, it's around 40 to 50 thousand dollar prize table. We for first place we gave away a, a PGW 50 caliber with oh, a yeah, I heard That's it was incredible. pretty incredible. <laughs> I heard it was an awesome wow. table. It was pretty five thousand dollar check as well from the prs and a thousand dollar training voucher as well for the LR for the um for the 50 as well wow. so yeah it was a over eighteen thousand dollar first prize it was the biggest first prize ever given away for prs wow so yeah that's pretty, pretty awesome that. yeah for sure yeah pgw really stepped up big time and helped us out quite a bit so well, that's excellent so yeah. um, when you were you were talking about uh, some of the best shooters in the world, uh, or sorry, some of the best the best PRS shooters, they don't use the bags anymore. What separates the best from the rest? Basically, do you know? Practice. <laughs> <laughs> Practice. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, it's, yeah, skills. They they just have the skill to do it too. Uh, the practice, but that comes with a lot of practice though too. Um, I've seen. Uh, one of the top shooters right now is Matt Russo out of Texas, and he he posted up a picture on his Facebook feed there uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was uh, a pile of all the burger inserts from his burger bullet boxes. So 100 rounds in each one of the boxes, and I I want to say there was like uh, it was over three or four hundred stickers he had, and that's not even including the ones he'd lost. So and he said he collected that from the last three years. Like gives you an idea. That's just the burger bullets he shot, not even the other stuff he shot as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it takes a lot of a lot of shooting. It's a lot shooting a lot of matches as well. Uh, shooting under that stress of that timer and under the stress of the the situation of a, of a big match like that, you know, where you, where you have you're shooting against you know 150 shooters or the last match I was at was the gap grind and there's 323 shooters at that match. Wow. So where is that? Where was that located? Uh, the Gap Grind is in Finger, Tennessee. Uh, it's about an hour and a half uh, east of uh, um, Memphis. So. Okay. So when you're talking about the time, what can you give us a little bit of context on that? So are you talking about how many shots are you able to get off in a certain time limit, or is it one shot and you have a specific time period that you have to get off? What is it? Um, so for the PRS, uh, you're generally given anywhere from 90 seconds to a minute and 45 type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're a little bit longer. Sometimes they'll give you two minutes, depending on the on the match. And in that time period, you'll probably have to engage anywhere from, uh, well, have to have probably anywhere from uh, eight to 12 shots mm-hmm. and engage anywhere from four to, you know, 10 targets type of thing. Okay. Uh, in, in that time period, and depending on if you're shooting prone or off of a barricade or um, some other sort of obstacle. Okay. What uh, types? T- sorry, go ahead. No, uh, that's, that's Yep. I was just going to ask what type of targets it is. Uh, everything's on steel. Okay. And uh, most targets you're going to be looking at around a MOA, MOA and a half for uh, a prone stage, uh, MOA and a half to two MOA in that area, MOA to two MOA for a prone stage, uh, two to three MOA for a non-prone stage. Okay. That's and cool. I love all steel. That makes your resets fast. That makes it fun. That makes it auditory. You know when you hit it. That's awesome. Yeah. And actually, there's no there's no resets. Like, if you uh, a good match, you shouldn't have any steel go down. Uh, we were We switched up our steel system hanging our steel hanging system this year 
and we had zero target downages and we sent down um around 14,000 rounds over the weekend wow so uh we were pretty we we're very very happy with that um because it, it just kills your time <laughs> right. you gotta do that type of stuff and the other nice thing is to targets at further distances are tend to get a little harder to see your hits on so uh, we've gone to light react systems where they uh when you hit them a light uh, like a light flashes an LED oh, light flashes ah, yeah. okay yeah so we're we're in the process we're probably going to pick up at least 15 or 20 of those for our next year's match Ooh, those uh, are expensive <laughs> uh, there's a magneto speed out of texas they just came out with a new system which ta- mm-hmm. attaches directly to the back of their targets and they're coming out at um it's right around 150 is what they're going to retail at. Oh, that's not bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, and they've offered them to the match directors at like just over a hundred bucks a piece. So a hundred ten bucks oh. a piece. So, oh, that's so yeah. Cool. So, yeah, you... so you, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it makes your life a lot easier and makes your, um, your ROs life a lot easier too. Uh, that's one of the biggest factors we've, we've had run into is getting enough, uh, range officers to run these matches. Uh, and that's what everybody has trouble with. So, right. And also calling, so, yeah, you're going to have a range officer. So you have a range officer that's calling the hits, right? Yes. And, yeah, yeah it's, and for the longer shots, it's, it's, quite, it's quite difficult to see the actual hits, the splatter as well. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. So we have, on each stage, you have two ROs, uh, or we, we have two ROs for our match. Um, one is running the spotting scope um, and probably the scoring as well. Mm-hmm. And the other RO is actually within arm's reach of the shooter. Uh, that was one of the stipulations of the base uh, that mm-hmm. we put out that we'd have uh, in place for our matches. And um, it allows, and it, for those longer stages, I, being around the shooting community for a while now, I, I have a lot of good friends that have, are good shooters or in good spotters, so they get put on those harder stages. Right. Okay. All right. What about... Um training recommendations so uh what types of train so you said the best shooters in the world practice so what other type of training recommendations can you recommend for some people and even the equipment i know that you have some training equipment that you can do dry firing right yeah Um, yeah exactly so what type of equipment is that um so for dry firing i have a what do you call it indoor optical training aid um Iota is what it's referred to as, and it's just a um, a lens that you put inside of your lens cover, and you put it on the front of your scope, and it allows your scope to focus down to, I believe mine's around like 12 feet. Oh, okay. cool. So it's really short. Yeah, so you can do dry fire basically anywhere. Um, and I, I just set up a barricade in my basement, and I have uh, little stickies that I stick across 12 feet away, and dry fire on those, for example, um, when it's the winter time, it's a lot harder to get out for me. And, Mm-hmm. northern ontario uh as for other practice i i also do have a, a 22 um that is in an mdt chassis that uh, simulates what my my large match rifle is like mm-hmm. uh it's not nearly not nearly as heavy but it's still um it's still good the, ge- the genomic geometry is very similar okay. um and that's a great aid as well. Uh, as for training guns, a lot of guys or and girls run, ladies run um, 223s, or they'll run a, some like to run a 308 as well. Can you uh, run a braked rifle? Oh, yeah. Everything's braked. Oh, well, the 308's fine then. You, as long as you run a brake on it, you're like, you're laughing. The recoil is practically nothing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but if you if you compare the 308 recoil to a, a six millimeter, a small six millimeter recoil, it's it's kind yeah. of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, even a six five uh, with a good break on it, um, it's substantially less. Anyway, the but yeah, the nice thing about running a 308 for practice is it allows you to work on that recoil management um, and uh, be able to maintain that sight picture while that recoils following through. So. Uh, as for practice regiments, I like to go out and um, uh, on my on my farm, I have, I don't know, probably 15, 20 pieces of steel set up now. Uh, and I'll, I'll set up a course of fire for myself and run through it uh, and do that a couple times, either with a reduced round count or uh, and then I'll do a dry fire um, through that course of fire. And then I'll do another, you know, live fire, uh, that type of stuff. But uh, I tend to mix it up that way to save money for one thing. Uh, dry firing is a lot cheaper. Yes, it is. <laughs> than live fiber practice. So, um, but there, there is nothing you can't simulate live fire yeah, practice. That's true. Uh, it, it's still you still need to have that in there as well. Um, but in a in a standard practice, I'll probably shoot any. I'll shoot probably fifty to eighty rounds for a practice type of thing. Um, what do you? Um, what kind of mags are you running? Do you run like ten rounders or five rounders, or do you have to feed them in through the top? No, I run. Everybody will run a, um, a like AI style mag. Yeah, uh, I run, I run ten round mags. Uh, I do have AI ten round mags with mag extensions on them as well that I can get twelve rounds into. Um, I've been running the new uh, MDT double stack single feed. Oh, those um, steel ones. Mm. Yeah, the steel ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're they're phenomenal. I I got some back in September. I think it was when they sent them to me. Great the price on those things too. Oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't beat that. Um, they sent them to me. I tried them and then I, I, I ran them at the, the gap grind and they ran flawlessly. I was blown away how well they run. Um, they're just a great mag and it's nice too that they're, uh, they're about three quarters of an inch to an inch shorter than a standard AI mag. Um, I, I really hope that they, they're going to bring one out, a double stack that is a full size so that you'd be able to put you know, 10 to 13 rounds in one, which would be phenomenal for our matches. So, okay. but the, yeah. So one of the things that we didn't do when we were uh, talking about your background, you are a sponsored shooter, are you not? Yes, I am. Yep. Okay. Why don't you give a shout out to your, your sponsor? Yeah, I, uh, I shoot for a handful of different companies. Um, okay. my big, my biggest sponsor is MDT, uh, okay. modular driven technologies out of uh, BC, They've been helping us out with chassis and um, some travel and stuff like that as well uh, for shooting matches. Um, other, my other big sponsors that I shoot for Vortex Canada on their pro mm-hmm. staff. Yes, um, I saw that. Yeah, so they're they're a great company to shoot for. Um, they've they've helped us out all along the way with lots of support and also support for our matches and stuff like that, as well as MDT too. Um, Bullseye London, um, the gun shop in, in London, Ontario. Uh, Benchmark Barrels, uh, Bighorn Sales, uh, which is an importer uh, out in, out in uh, Alberta. Uh, JR Steel Targets, uh, Chew Brother Precision, uh, Pila Sport Glasses, Highlander Tactical for uh, mags and stuff. Uh, Trigger Tech and 693 Precision for bags and uh, other yeah. soft equipment. So, yeah, they've, they've all helped us out quite a bit. So, and they're great supporters of the sport, too. Perfect. So, do you already have a date set for your your next match? Yes, we do. Be, okay. Uh, do you want to announce it, or 
Yeah, sure, I will. I just got to this, actually. Okay. Um, I, they just, we just changed it this year because I didn't want to have it on Labor Day weekend again. Okay. I just can't remember what it is right now, top of my head. Okay, no worries. It is the, it's, well, I can tell you right now, it's the 7th, uh, 8th, and 9th of September. So okay. it's the weekend after Labor Day weekend this year coming up. Um, yeah, and it will be once again at Meaford, and we'll probably open up registration some uh, be three months before that is when we're allowed to open registration. So it's um, we got the pursuit sometime in June, May, June area. Okay. So uh, and yeah, it will be should be good. To, uh, we will have up to up to 120 shooters will be allowed to get into the match. So yeah. So. Okay. Um, do you have pricing at all? Because I know the mm, two seventy five was the. How much was the last one? Do you know? Yeah, last one was two. Last one was two seventy five. Uh, we haven't discussed any pricing changes as of yet. Um, we're just, we're we'll have to look see where we are financially. Uh, it's very expensive to run these matches. Um, the the steel alone is huge cost, plus the upkeep of everything of the steel and the, all the other equipment that we need to run it. Um, and renting the base is actually rather expensive too. <laughs> right. So, uh, so I, I expect we'll keep it around the same. I, I don't see us moving it more than, you know, ten or fifteen dollars. But other than that, I can't say it, say for sure. Now, I, I will say though, it is a cheap match compared to going down to the states. Um, okay. An average match down in the states, you're looking at between two fifty and three hundred for a match. Yeah. yeah American up there. Yeah, plus all your travel and everything too. Which gets expensive. Um, I I figure that I will spend between eight hundred and a thousand dollars for each match that I run in the states. Wow, well, wow. Well, okay, that's 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 including your ammunition stuff too. So. Yeah. And again, you're the only one uh, in Canada right now for the PRS, correct? Yeah, yeah. For so, the PRS, we are. There is a few other smaller matches, like day yep. matches and stuff being ran. Um, they ran up at one in Belcarche. Um, in Quebec, and there's a couple mm-hmm. out west as well. I think we're looking at starting those at our range at uh, Chaz as well, because we just had our our long range open up out to 800 uh, meters. So I think nice. we're looking at getting uh, getting something like that going as well. Yeah, I think I saw something about um, is it uh, got your yeah. six? We've got the got your yeah, six shoot out there. Yeah, so they're definitely looking to yeah. push more of the long range stuff, which is I, I think great because like I see. Uh, the competition sports of like IPSC, 3-Gun, and PRS is like really pushing uh, the shooting sports forward. And, you know, yep. PRS is one of those ones where some guys like shooting stuff real far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah we, we had a clinic that we set up there last spring. We unfortunately had to cancel it. Um, but we, it was actually sold out before we even opened the match. Wow. <laughs> opened it up. Yeah. It got, it got opened up accidentally early. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So it was a it was a bit of a scramble when we found out that it was open. It was already sold out, and people were pissed. So, oh. but anyway, are you are you thinking about doing that again? Not opening it up early, but having another uh, <laughs> having another <laughs> having clinic another out west. That, another clinic. Uh, we'd like to have another clinic. Uh, the issue right now is the access to the base. Um, okay. In Meaford is uh, is it's tough because it's a pretty heavily used training base uh, for everybody that wants to get access to longer range stuff or anything else too. Um, that's our biggest issue right now. It's a, uh, it's a big risk for us to take that on and, okay. uh, and have it possibly canceled on us again. Well, I am looking for other locations that will be a little more secure. 
So, uh, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, we've seen that as well. Matches that are taking place on military bases, but the military takes priority, so they do ca- cancel at the last minute, so unfortunately. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we're just... Uh, finishing up with uh with the interview because it's uh it's so interesting everything that you've talked about has been so interesting but is there anything that uh anything else that you just wanted to mention or adriel uh, do you have any other questions Sorry. oh i Go wanted ahead. to i wanted to get into to so i've got a, a savage 10 tr in 308 with a mdt chassis on it and a cytron 6 to 24 i wanted to talk about but you know I, I think this has been so interesting i think we need to to have another talk at some point because uh PRS is, is one of those really fast-growing sports, and I think it's I, – I find it super interesting. I hope that our listeners yeah. found it super interesting as well because I'm, I'm super pumped to, to know more about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, anytime, guys. I can always come out and give you – talk to you about some other stuff too. Um, the uh, I was going to mention, though, that there, there's a lot of, of matches showing up near the Canadian borders as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There's a couple matches in Ohio uh, coming up this season. There's talk of a match in New York State. Um, I just got word that there's a, just across the Sarnia border into Michigan. Uh, there's a, a club that is expanding out to an 850-yard range there as well. Uh, there's a lot of matches just so just in Washington State uh, in that area as well uh, for people out west. It's within reasonable driving distance. Um, uh, from Toronto, you can. You can hit uh, also West Virginia is about a eight hour drive, seven hour drive, and then you can get down in Kentucky is around a ten or eleven hour drive um, for for matches down there. Or your other options always to fly as well, right? So, and that's not that's not horrible to do either. That's what we did to go down to Tennessee. So yeah, um, and and there also is uh, talk of the ORA trying to run some PR matches at the uh, Borden as well this Borden. year. Yeah. 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 Now, Borden's actually, they are expanding their ranges, are they not? I That's something that I had heard. Yeah or no? Did you no, hear anything? They're, they aren't expanding their ranges. They're redoing their 1,000-yard range right okay. now. Okay, that's it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. they tore out the butt system and they're replacing it totally. So um, what we're looking at is actually on a, one of the field firing ranges. Okay. Um, so well, I'll hopefully have more information after the weekend. The ORA is having their, their um, meeting here on the weekend. So. Okay. So if people do want to contact you and have questions about this or are, are looking at uh, to participate in the match that you're going to be having, how can they contact you? Uh, they can get a hold of me through my um, PSOC email, which is uh, ryan at psoc.ca uh, you can also find me on facebook under my name probably look for the guy that has a shooting picture for a profile and uh, i'm also on cgn as ryan underscore mcle so uh that's a, probably the best ways to get a hold of me and uh, ask me anything you want and if you need some more information about the match or you know options of equipment that type of stuff reloading whatever always willing to help somebody out new shooters out especially all right well, thank you very much for coming on tonight, Ryan. It was uh, super amazing. And as uh, Adriel said, we really need to get you on because I think that, especially Adriel, he's he's excited about uh, long range shooting. So he yeah. wants to he wants to pick your brain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Some of us are a little bit more limited on how far we can shoot, but Adriel, he's out in Alberta. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, we got prairies. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got I've got access. You mentioned your farms out to five five hundred. I've got the same deal. I've got a I've got access to a, 
uh, a farm where I've got shots out to 500. So, um, yep. it's, I'm, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. And you know what? We've been shooting the 22s out to, you know, 250 plus as well. Oh, that's and crazy. It's a, blast. it's a blast to shoot on steel. You, you have to listen pretty hard for those hits, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I haven't giggled like that since I shot up, since, since I shot a 50. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much for coming on tonight. Have a good night. Oh, my pleasure. You too. Good night. All right. Thanks once again to Ryan for coming on and talking to us about PRS uh, shooting. It's something that, you know, all of us have been thinking about or actually wanting to to talk about. But, yeah, we really need somebody who knew what the heck they were talking about because yeah. none of us know. <laughs> oh, that was so good. As soon as he said, like, okay, I, I understand PRS from the shooter's perspective. You shoot off barricades. They use the crazy bags and that kind of thing. Yeah. So from from that perspective, I was like, eh, I don't really know if I want to do that. But as soon as he said, like, no, we just shoot on steel. Okay, it's like, we oh, well, now. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah. Adriel's we're shooting, all over it like a dirty shirt. Steel. Like we're shooting see. barricades, uncomfortable positions. Like, yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> He's uh, all over mm, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why don't we go into listener feedback now? Do you want to take the one from Richard? You bet. Hi, uh, from Richard. Hi, guys. I really enjoy the show. Last week's Remembrance Day segment with Filthy was very interesting. I was wondering if you could share some info about preserving these firearms and care for long-term storage. I recently learned from you all that REM oil, my go-to since my uh, I got my pal years ago, is not good or water. <laughs> Like, fair. I don't disagree, but I must ask what I have to use as a replacement. I have had some recent fun shooting my uh, 303 uh, 1916 Lee Enfield with pulled SKS rounds remanufactured to 303 brass. Very cool. So he's running like a light uh, 126 or 130 grain bullet uh, in a 303. That's cheap. Great savings on 26, round, uh, 26 cents a round. Anyhow, I digress. Thanks for the show and keep up the good work. From, no, 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 from, from Richard. <laughs> from Richard, yeah, it yeah. from Richard. Uh, long-term storage for rifles. Do, what, what do you have to do uh, for yourself, Kelly? So long-term, just in light oiling, and yeah, that's about it. How's Didn't the humidity? Did we do a show recently on this? Yeah, how's the humidity in your place, though? Eh, it's, it's, it's not that bad. Okay. So, it is not like, that bad. I, I do the same thing. I lightly oil my guns. I put them in a safe that's, uh, yep. it's not humidity controlled, but it's got some silica pellets in there. And that's good enough for Alberta. I don't need to do anything else. All those, those guns won't rust. Um, yeah. Heavier than that. I mean, if you wanted to go long, long term storage, I guess, I guess you could get some like real heavy grease and douse it and throw it in a bag and seal it in a plastic thing of some kind, right? Yeah, well, we had some listener feedback. Remember yes. the whole not you know, from the RCMP, hermetically sealed and yes. wrapping it and yes, you know the PVC pipe that you bury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, and then I you have remember. the neighbors calling the RCMP on you because of the fact that you're burying things in your yard. Go ahead. Anyways, <laughs> so but yeah, just lightly oil and put it into a gun safe that has. Uh, the silica gel yeah. is is what I would recommend. Uh, there was the whole other thing you can get the uh, you can get the um, the traps, the damp traps, and everything too. But mm -hmm. we did see that there was some issues with those uh, yeah. recently. 
I guess so. it depends like what you consider long-term too, right? Is long-term yep. like a month or two months or like a year or like many years? If it's many years, maybe you're going to do something more extreme. But if it's just, you know, for if it's the 303 and you're just running that, um, you know, I, I wouldn't do anything too crazy. I just make sure that uh, if the if the primers are corrosive, that it gets cleaned and, you know, you're yep. off the races. Yep. Yep. All right. So why don't we – do you want me to – well, I'm the – you're the host. Yeah. You run the show. I'm the host. Why don't I take the one from Mark P? Hi, everyone. I think I heard you mention that there will not be any trap skeet clay pe- penguin shooting at the charity shoot. Wow. Uh, if so, how about a gun uh, shotgun challenge that would include steel targets and clays in the holders that we used at the three gun this year? Uh, that would be more awesome, and my shotgun would actually be useful. He said, yeah. thanks. <laughs> and he said, Mark Price, a.k.a. Stable Boy. He says, if you can't shake the name, you might as well embrace it. Well, thanks, Mark. And yes, uh, well, actually, I, I, agree. Upgraded him to, I upgraded him from Stable Boy. But yeah, that would be awesome. Adriel, you're coming up for the charity shoot, right? We're going to fly you out. I believe so. Yes, I believe I'm coming mm-hmm. out. For the, what, what day is it again? It's on the 7th of uh, July. Mm-hmm. So it's a Saturday. It's the one day event. You are going to make it. You have no yeah, choice in the matter. So let's just so. not even talk about it. I've been to New Brunswick, yeah. so I think I have to. Yeah, and I would love a sh- like an action shotgun stage. Yes, please. Right. I th- so like. Are- I can commit on behalf of uh, whoever's uh, organizing this thing, which is not me. That that will be a stage. <laughs> that would be Trevor. <laughs> oh, I'm committing on behalf of Trevor. I love committing on behalf of Trevor. Yes, we're gonna have a, like an awesome shotgun stage. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what's what? Mark is referring to is at the charity shoot generally on the next day we have something to do uh, with just a friendly shoot Uh, the trap shooters are going to be out on the range the next day so we didn't want to impede on them Mm. so they were saying there wasn't going to be a trap or there wasn't going to be skeet clay or or he actually said penguin shoot don't know where we're going to get those penguins from but anyways I think that a a, uh, shotgun steel challenge would be er, would be actually kind of cool. One yeah. of those stages. That's what we had it at the, at the charity shoot this year was a, a quick little shotgun stage that was similar to yep. three guns. So yeah, it was awesome. Yep. yep. It'll be cool. So Mark, you are requested stable boy. You are requested to be at the charity shoot this year and you don't really have a choice in the matter. So you're going anyways. Why don't you uh, read what we have from ES? From ES, don't know if you've covered it in a previous podcast, but which of the non-restricted multi-caliber rifles would you recommend that would have enough accuracy to hunt coyotes out to 300? Jeez, this sounds like what was I talking about earlier here. (laughs) Have enough accuracy to hunt coyotes out to 300 yards and the odd deer after switching from 223 to 762 by 39. Also looking for advice on an AR-15 wrench. Thanks for the very entertaining podcast. P.S. Where does one go to become a Patreone? Uh, another uh, user was having issues as well. So you just go to patreon.com slash slamfireradio. Um, we've got a link as well from slamfireradio.com that points us points you to the Patreone thing. Right. So you can get it there. Uh, multi-caliber rifle that's non-restricted with enough accuracy to hunt coyotes out to 300 yards. Well, at 300 yards, you need something that is at least MOA accurate, if not uh, a little bit less. Uh, would be ideal, um, and that kind of limits your options. Yeah, he's it? he's asking about non-restricted, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Semi-auto too. Hey, oh, mm-hmm. you just said multi-caliber. 
Yeah. But I guess that like oh. you're still not talking about a, like there's not really many bolt guns that switch from two two three to seven sixty by thirty nine, yeah. other than something that's non restricted that you can swap the upper on. Right. AKA. Well, why don't you listen to next week where we're doing? Mechan- <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously. I mean, today it would be the the BCL, the BCL one hundred two. Um, yeah. I think some of the XCRs are actually really good right now in terms of accuracy. Um, yes. I've heard, I've seen some of the ACRs that have been really good. Um, yes. as long as you have the barrel length, yes. So mm-hmm. they're non-restricted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a couple of options. And, and as much as their receiver issues have caused them, the SU-16s mm-hmm. are supposed to be really accurate, but they've got a plastic receiver that is a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, cracks every once in a while for some people. Yeah. So, um, there's some different options out there. Yeah. Yep. Looking for an AR-15 wrench. What's your recommendation there, Adriel? I, I've used a bunch of stuff. I've got... Uh, I can't remember what the one is there. I got a kit from Wheeler that came with... Mm-hmm. So I didn't start with the kit. I started with the wrench. I should have just got the kit off the start. The, the Wheeler yeah. kit comes with... Uh, torque wrench. Uh, uh, and the... Yep. Torque wrench, and... the lower... Like the magwell rest, yep. uh, the upper clamp thing so you don't twist your upper as you install a barrel which okay uh if you're just starting out you probably don't want to mess around with installing a barrel on an ar but eventually you're gonna want to change the barrel and then you're gonna need the barrel wrench and then you're gonna need the torque wrench and then you're gonna need the upper clamp or mag pull uh uh thing that goes into the extension there uh, so you're, you're eventually going to need that stuff anyways. The Wheeler. So just buy it. Yeah, it's, you might as well. It's, it's just a way of maintaining the thing. It'd be like buying a, a tool kit for your car so you can swap the engine if you really want to. Except okay, way cheaper many, than that. Yeah. Okay. How many people really, never mind. <laughs> or, or become really good friends with your gunsmith and go over and see him. Yeah. Or find someone else in your city who has all this stuff and bring over a case of beer. Cause sometimes a case of beer is cheaper than. All this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, where, so, ES, where do you live? Because Adriel? He has all this stuff. He uh, all this Yes, I will. I will install an Air 15 barrel for beer. Definitely. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, correct. I'm assuming that you will. I what will. type of beer? Hmm. Lots. <laughs> so, you don't even care if it's crappy beer. It's a quantity as as and uh, temperature rating. Yes, as long as it's cold and wet, I'm uh, I'm in. You're in. All right. So the other thing that ES was talking about was Patreoni, and we have another listener, Brett H, who was talking about maybe potentially having problems with the Patreoni as well. So guess what I did tonight, Adriel. Mm, we're, we're, emailed we're them with like things. how to sign up for Patreoni. I went in and I signed up for Patreoni because oh. you know why? I wanted to test it out. It was super easy. I went to, I just typed in Patreon Slam Fire Radio and it brought me right to the site. And then I just clicked on it and I did a contribution. And then it asked me how I wanted to pay for it. And I did it through PayPal. You have two options. So you have the credit card option and you also have PayPal. Mm-hmm. And which you can pay either by through your your bank or you can actually use a credit card through PayPal as well. So I chose PayPal uh, just because I wanted to see if it'll come out of my bank account. And it did. Hmm. And it also just sent me an email. It is super easy. Hmm. So if you're if you are 
trying to figure out how to become a Patreonis uh, supporter, just go to patreon.com and uh, backslash Slamfire Radio and just click on that and it'll guide you right through it. Super easy. Yeah. I mean, so this is going to be the way that things roll for us. I mean, when you look at uh, YouTube and uh, some of the other different payment processors, they're just not gun friendly. So uh, no, we're going to we're going to have to do crowdfunding. And that's ah, I kind of like the idea. I mean, I would prefer if YouTube would just accept gun advertisers and we could uh, get the connect the gun advertisers with the content and boop, bada bing, bada boom. You know, we've <laughs> everyone can make yeah. some money. But, uh, you know, in the absence of that, at least Patreon uh, gives an option for people to fund what they believe or what they like right. and what the kind of content they, they want more they of. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think it's going to be the way that things are done uh, more in the future. So it's a, it's a cool platform. Right. Uh, it's good to get used to, you know, funding the stuff that you like to hear. And uh, I think what it's going to end up doing is killing a lot of advertising. A lot of like really annoying advertising, like pop-up ads and that kind of thing on uh, on YouTube or those unskippable ads. They're so annoying because like if if uh, uh, Tal Flatermouse was talking about this, how he's been like very much defunded on uh, on YouTube, not defunded, reduced funded very much. Um, he was a past uh, right. yeah. past person that we had on to interview. Yep, and. He's talking about, you know, how, how is this guy supposed to make money? He's he's spending a lot of time putting out some good content out there. He needs a different way, and uh, Patreon's one of those ways, right? Right. No, he was doing – all of his stuff is on YouTube. Yeah. Correct? Uh, you never know. <laughs> some people have well, all sorts of good stuff. most but, of it was on YouTube. But yeah. what I'm thinking is because of the fact that YouTube had people – not people, but large corporations like Walmart – other corporations that were saying, you know what, if you're having our advertisements on things that are gun friendly, we're not going to, we're going to withdraw. And that's basically what happened. So you saw a, uh, so you saw the level of support or funding uh, decrease, but for those people, for example, like, like him or me uh, or Matthew or Jerry, yeah, we all saw Mac, it. Yeah, we all saw it. Yeah. Well, not me. Cause I don't do YouTube. Anyways. <laughs> Why don't you? You should be doing YouTube, Kelly. Come on. <laughs> but the reality is, so there are people who strictly go to YouTube to look at, like, everybody goes, I want to change out my trigger. How do mm -hmm. I do it? Well, let's go to YouTube University, right? Mm -hmm. Is this going any good? I should take yeah. a look. Yeah. <laughs> what is Jerry Mitchell doing? So let's go and check him out. But the reality is that there is a subculture that does go to YouTube, and it is a gun subculture. So why don't... Yeah, just me. Why yeah. don't they actually look at gun suppliers like Remington or I don't know any other gun suppliers? They would have to Why allow the ads. If they allowed the ads, we'd Correct. be we'd be off to the races. Like it's not like uh, Remington's going to be advertising on someone else's channel. There's tons of gun channels on there to advertise on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, just me. Rant off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you want. Uh, as I said, we kind of threw the segments out of alignment. But if you want to actually be a Patroni, there's no other Patronis, by the way. Just me. Just you. I'm You're the only one. one. The most important one. I'm the one. only one this month or this week. <laughs> <laughs> the new one. I want to be able to listen to all that awesome content. Hey, Adriel. Yep. Do you want my emailing address so that you can send me a patch? <laughs> uh, I think I've got it. Here, wait, wait. 
I got it on some parcel he sent me uh, as the return address. Yeah, I, th- no, I think I still got it. I think we're good. Yeah. All right. I do have I have my own patches and everything, so I'm good. All right. All right. That's it for Patreone. So let's why don't we do iTunes? There are no iTunes, so people who are looking for iTunes reviews, or if you're on Beanpod or any other Android app. Why don't you give us a review there, too? The reason is because if you give us a review, we'll get noticed as well. Right? More notices mean more listeners. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Shoutouts. Do you have any? Mm, nope. All right. Well, Trevor or Matthew are here, so I don't have to ask them. But I do have a shout-out. I'm going to shout-out to Tracy, Gord, and Luke. And that's because of all their hard work on Monday. It was the long weekend. And they actually... They put a lot of effort into stickering 1,000 of those calendars so that all those calendars could be numbered. So I just wanted to say thank you very, very, very much for all your hard work and getting those calendars ready so that they can be sent to all those people that are purchasing them for $19.95. Just go to the CCFR website and click on the calendars to support us. If you're in Edmonton and you want to get a calendar, (laughs) let's talk because... We can save on shipping. Yeah, <laughs> you know, combi- combined shipping. There you go. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, all right. So at this point in the show, it's basically the awkward point. So that means we're all done. So why don't you actually join one of our um, advocacy groups, like the CCFR or CSSA, even the NFA? Go and join one of them because they are people that are fighting for our rights to mm-hmm. shoot, right? Get out. And why don't you go to a PRS match in for next year? Yeah. It's only 275 bucks, and you'll get to meet cool people like Ryan McLean. Shoot some and steel. Shoot steel. Yeah. And also shoot a three-gun match because Adriel is going to be listing them soon on the threegun.ca website as well. Mm-hmm. Right? You bet. Check us like I said, on Gun Owners of Canada, we do have a thread there. Right now, we're posting episodes. Not a lot of traffic with respect to chatter, but you know what? You know, say something to us, and I'm sure that one of us will reply as well. And go and like us on Facebook. Adriel, you are at seventeen or seventeen ninety nine, so one thousand seven hundred and ninety nine likes on Facebook. We're almost at the eighteen hundred mark. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Anything else that we want to talk about? Anything that you want to say? No. I want to get Ryan on again to talk about uh, PRS <laughs> shooting again. That was so interesting. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's I – can, I can understand now why it's growing. Like, before I didn't really get it. Now I get it. I totally get it. I want to do it. <laughs> I think it, it's something that I might – really be interested in it is long range and it is precision and that's what i'm all about i mm. mm-hmm. you know accuracy i want it to be accurate so i want to hit that whatever i'm trying to hit right so i think it's something i might be interested in yeah so are you interested in getting the actual prs which is the series out in alberta um i don't know <laughs> Okay. I know that I've got that. Now we've got this long range. I've got a rifle in 308 that's got the proper chassis. I've got a scope that'll do the trick. I could rebarrel if I really wanted to. Um, yeah. I could buy a couple of mags off MDT, some of those metal ones. I got some of the polymer ones already. Like I'm, I'm almost there. So you're jumping at the bit. Hmm. Well, it's like it's minus twenty outside right now, and there's like two feet of snow. So maybe after, maybe in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.